Hi, my name's Rob Scott from UC Today News, and in this session, I'm joined by William Rubio from Coal Tower and Erwin Lazar from Metrogy. And we're going to be setting the record straight on the future of the workplace and how big tech vendors are stepping up to the plate with their new and innovative solutions. So welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having us. Looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. Good to see you both, and thanks for joining me. Um, just before we jump in, how about we just do a quick round of introductions? And uh, William, would you like to go first? Sure. Sure. So I'm the. Uh, my name is William Rubio. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer uh, at Call Tower. Uh, a little bit about Call Tower. We've been around for about the 20 plus years uh, overall. We're really focused on uh, unified communications, so really on, on UCAS and CCAS overall. Uh, we currently service about 175 countries and about 8,000 cities globally. Uh, really focusing on solutions that are uh, really tied around Microsoft and Cisco overall. So we do the whole full array of uh, Microsoft solutions, Cisco, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that here uh, in, in detail. But I think the main important thing is that we're really about integrating a lot of those kind of key solutions that folks are looking for uh, on a global level. Thanks, William. And Erwin? Yeah, hi, I'm Erwin Lazar, President and Principal Analyst for a company called Metrogy. Uh, we've been around about a, a year and a half now, and we focus on helping companies leverage metrics to make more informed decisions that influence their strategy. So we gather data from end user organizations on what they're doing and why, uh, what they're spending, what, they're, what, what uh, approaches correlate with success. And we leverage that data to advise our clients in how to hopefully make uh, better investment decisions, better go-to-market decisions, and, and so on. I cover the unified communications and collaboration market. We also cover the employee experience and employee engagement market. That's great. Thank you so much. Okay, so hybrid work, uh, that's a hot topic right now. But, I mean, in reality, are organizations ready to adapt to their new, their new office infrastructure to meet these new demands? So I'm really keen to hear both your perspectives. Um, William, would you like to go first? Sure. No, I, I definitely would. You know, it's, uh, it, it's a really good topic right now that, that we're running into with a lot of our customers and potential customers because we're, we're kind of starting to see that transformation of going back to the office after a hiatus of about two to three years uh, overall. And, and it's really changed the dynamics. You know, I think that the new reality right now or the new reality right now, excuse me, uh, is that everybody wants to look more at that hybrid workforce they, or hybrid work environment, right? They want the flexibility to say, yes, I want to be in the office, whether it be two or three days. Uh, but at the same time, I want to be have that flexibility to be working remotely from, uh, from home in a, in a lot of cases to make sure that I can meet the needs and I need to have what I've really been accustomed to uh, over the past two or three years. So there are some challenges uh, that come with that. You know, I think when you start to look at the different uh, business units within an organization, so, you know, marketing's needs are different than accounting that are different than customer support that are different than sales. It's really making sure that from an IT organization or from a feature standpoint, you're giving the right tools uh, to your employees so that they can communicate on whether they are working from home or working from an office uh, or working from a, a remote location that they're able to have the same tools and the same access to the information uh, that they need to really service their customers, right? So security uh, becomes a big issue overall. So I think some organizations are better prepared for it today than, uh, than others. I think some are a little bit slower to adapt, especially the ones that are running on a little bit more traditional services like premise-based uh, type of communication platforms overall. But 
uh, it's it's coming, right? And I think it's something that uh, organizations have to be prepared for now, and not something you can look at six months or a year down the road. And if you kind of go back a little bit to 2021, which everyone kind of called the great resignation, right, that we kind of saw really people jumping ship from one organization to another, at least we've seen this uh, from our customers and also even from some of our employees, that it's really around the benefits package of how are you communicating, right? What tools do I have? Are you using cloud-based tools, uh, CRM tools that are really accessible for me to, to work with my customers? That's becoming part of the benefits package that customers really want to go ahead and see. And, and what is your you know hybrid workforce type of policy overall? So all that is now kind of part of an offer letter that uh, really wasn't part of it back then. So we're seeing that transition a lot more now than we were seeing a year ago, I think, because of the way the pandemic's really hopefully starting to be under control and calm down. Yeah, it's really interesting. And, and, and it's, it just feels like you're absolutely right. Hybrid work is becoming almost just uh, a, a, a basic requirement now on a job description. You've got to be able to offer that. And that's amazing, isn't it? The shift that we've made in just a, such a short amount of time. Oh, yeah. Erwin, what's it look like from your perspective? Yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd echo a lot of uh, what, what Bill said in that uh, in our research data that we published uh, last fall when we started, the last time we, we really dug into what were companies planning for as they were heading into 2022, it was the, the feeling that hybrid work was here to stay. So about 20% of organizations expected that employees would have to come back full time, about 25% expected that employees could get to stay home if that's what they preferred. And the rest were, were more of a, a hybrid environment, whether or not some portion of the workforce was in the office and some at home, depending on job requirements, or giving employees that flexibility to say, you know what, work, what works for you? You wanna come in the office a couple of days a week? You wanna come in five days a week? It's, it's your choice. So we see that I, both IT and business leaders see that it's essential to be able to support hybrid work uh, to address what we heard earlier in terms of trying to make sure that, you know, as you're, as you're trying to recruit people, keep them happy, uh, hopefully keep them retained, uh, that you're offering them the, the flexibility that they want. So what we saw and we continue to see in our research is that companies are looking at what technologies and what physical workplace makes sense going forward. So we saw more than 50% of companies that were investing in extending video conferencing out to all of their meeting locations, uh, making sure that no matter what room you walked into, what huddle space you walked into, you had access to high quality video. We saw, uh, again, more than half of companies that were investing in higher quality personal experiences through uh, through uh, high quality cameras, noise cancellation, uh, speaker phones, all in one devices for personal use, whether those include a monitor or a video bar uh, that allow you to have uh, essentially as, as good an experience as we had in the office. And then we're seeing a lot of investment in trying to understand how engaged employees are and, and how happy they are and whether or not the tools that you're providing are, are, are making a difference. So if you are rolling out video, but nobody wants to use it, or you're rolling out other collaborative applications and people aren't using them, or they don't feel connected with their, their colleagues, or they feel like I'm at a disadvantage because I'm working from home. You know, those are all uh, issues that, that IT, HR, line of business managers, executive management are all converging on trying to, to solve uh, going forward. Yeah, thanks for that. I mean, I just wanted to pick up on a point that you, you said around engagement. I mean, everyone wanted to feel connected during the pandemic when we were working from home as a desperate situation and we all wanted to kind of you know, reconnect and, uh, and, and therefore these tools, these technologies that, uh, that came to the, 
the forefront uh, during the pandemic, such as Microsoft Teams, Cisco WebEx, Zoom, that kind of thing. They all you kind of brought us together, but is, are they, is that kind of thirst, you know, for engagement kind of now tailing off, do you think? Uh, or, you know, now that we're using it still in businesses, is, is that still kind of a very hot topic within organizations? Yeah, I'd say in our research, we see that, that things like Teams, uh, Cisco WebEx, uh, video chat experiences have really just become table stakes. You have to have that kind of environment in order to support virtual, hybrid, distributed work. You can't rely on email and, and audio conferencing anymore. But what we're seeing now is that companies are looking at how do I go beyond that? So we've seen a lot of interest in virtual whiteboard applications, in workflow applications that allow people to manage work more effectively and, and visually, that allow people to ideate and, and collaborate again on maybe a shared canvas and, and integrating all of that with with other collaborative applications. So the other big issue that we have, have seen as a challenge is that you know, th there used to be this scenario where 80% of the people in a meeting were in the room and 20% were dialed in and they had no idea what was going on half the time. They couldn't see the whiteboard. No, you know, I couldn't really hear conversations. Now maybe they could at least see one another, but that it's flipped. So now 80% of people are remote, 20% are in the room. And those 80% are chatting with one another. They're working on a shared virtual canvas. They're editing documents together. And those people who are sitting in the meeting room, staring at a big screen can maybe see the other participants, but they can't see all the other stuff that's happening. So we see that as a, as a key challenge going forward that companies need to figure out how to address. And certainly the vendors, um, you know, we mentioned Microsoft and Cisco are, are, are heading into the, those areas and trying to fix uh, some of those concerns. Yeah, it's, it's changed yeah, so the last, the last few years. Oh, sorry, Rob, go ahead. <laughs> No, it's okay. You're absolutely right. It has changed a great deal. And so let's talk about technology vendors, uh, such as Microsoft, a big one, and Cisco, two of the biggest players in kind of UC and collaboration nowadays. You know, what are they doing to power these environments? I mean, William, what, what, certainly from your perspective, you're very close to Cisco and Microsoft. What, what are they doing to kind of help, help kind of, you know, meet these new demands? Well, I, I think it's a great intro to the, what Erwin was just saying right now that you know, before, if you were on one video call prior to the pandemic, it was kind of a normal per day. And now if you're not on video, right, it's kind of the strange thing, why are you not on video, right? So I think it's it's really changed the dynamics of how we communicate uh, internally and externally, whether it be with our vendors uh, or our customers. But what we've seen, at least from, from Microsoft and Cisco, is that they're, they're really trying to make sure that those hybrid environments are easily accessible not just at home, because obviously we're all working from home at one point or another. So you want to make sure that you have a good, some type of stable connection, but making sure that those same software or platform environments are being adapted in the office. I mean, we all heard this back in the day that I have $20,000 worth of equipment sitting in a conference room that nobody has to, that nobody knows how to use. And I think those days are, are behind us. I think when you look at what Cisco's doing from, from that hybrid environment and making sure that you can easily connect uh, with WebEx calling, right, that now you're, you're starting to, to see less of, uh, of equipment that's actually needed, that I can walk into a room and I could have a, a certain device like a poly device there and it can, can communicate with a Microsoft Teams or a Cisco WebEx uh, conferencing solution. It, it's it, You need to be platform agnostic from a software standpoint so that employees, whether they're at home or whether they're in their office, can leverage the devices that are out there. And going back to Erwin's point about, uh, you know, the virtual whiteboards and so forth, at least I know what I've seen from some of our customers and even us internally, right? I mean, we use these tools and leverage them on a daily basis. We have more than 50% of our workforces uh, is remote, 
You know, I mean, they're they're all over the world. And what we do is, even though some of them might be in a conference room, everyone logs into the meeting and we're on video. So I'm seeing everyone's, you know, expression and face, even though we might have a whiteboard somewhere, I'm still seeing everybody. We log in even if we're sitting in that conference room. So I think what Microsoft and Cisco have done is tried to make that end user experience the same across the globe, but also make sure that customers feel comfortable or employees when they go into the office that they have that similar state, same type of environment. If they're going to go to the office and it's going to be uh, a little bit cumbersome to actually join a meeting and so forth, then you're going to see less of them go. So I think that as long as they continue, Microsoft a little bit more on the software side, Cisco on the software, but also on the equipment side, just really making sure that it's very easy to connect. I think that's going to be something successful for them going in the future as they try to lead us into, uh, into the new century here overall with uh, all the stuff they're coming out with. Yeah, so this isn't just reimagining the office experience, is it? This is reimagining the user, the user experience, the employee experience, really, isn't it? And you know, these these technology vendors are now powering that that uh, that employee experience. So, Owen, would you agree with that? Is that kind of what what the vendors are really focusing on? That kind of overall employee experience. Yeah, I think definitely some some differences as as was discussed in terms of of the approach of, of Cisco and Microsoft. So if you look at, at I think the commonality is that both of them are trying to leverage AI to improve the the voice and video experience, to eliminate background noise, to to make people look better, sound better on screen. Um, as you know, we, Cisco tends to focus, like we said, a little bit more on on um, building out their own hardware capabilities and leveraging their their hardware expertise, their management expertise. Uh, so trying to provide a, a variety of, of endpoints that, that offer support, again, for both people in an office, in a meeting room. You know, there are a lot of people who are still going to come into the office and prefer to sit at their desk for a meeting versus go to the meeting room for, for a variety of different reasons. So making sure that no matter where somebody's working, they have an equal experience. I think, um, you know, that that's definitely a, a critical uh, approach. Um, on Microsoft, you see a little bit of a difference in, in that they're expanding some of their employee experience software capabilities. So the launch of Viva, I guess about a year and a half ago now, uh, which is their, their employee experience platform to allow people to share information, to gather data, about uh, how they're working with one another to manage workflows, to manage uh, shared goal um, setting, tying all of that into the collaboration environment, I think is you know a little bit of a difference. Um, and I think both of them are working on trying to bring insights to the employee uh, or to the, the worker that would allow you to see, how do I spend my time? What works for me? How engaged am I? How overloaded am I? Um, you know, trying to do this in such a way where I could go and see what, you know, how much time do I spend in meetings? Who am I uh, meeting with? Um, how, how much time am I speaking in, in meetings and so on, but only have that information available to me so that it doesn't become a privacy issue that, you know, Big Brother is, is watching whether or not my camera is on and whether or not I'm speaking up during a meeting. So that's a, a fairly um, you know, challenging line to walk to only make that information uh, available to employees. Uh, but I think you'll see a lot more effort from both vendors, as, as we've already seen, to, to kind of surface that, that, that information to employees so that they get a better sense of their own uh, engagement, uh, connectivity, and, and even mental health. Yeah, indeed. So, I mean, I mean, mental health, I mean, the whole well-being piece is interesting, isn't it? I and mean, that's probably another conversation for another day, and uh, I'm sure we could go down the rabbit hole with that. But um, it certainly is really super important, isn't it, in, in organizations nowadays to, to kind of bring in the whole kind of, um, I suppose, look at the, you know, these tools and how they can help 
the whole kind of employee experience piece as well in a, in a hybrid workplace. So, I mean, William, from from your perspective, um, you know, what should enterprises you know plan for in the future? I mean, what's the what's what's the office going to look like in in twelve months from now? What what should they be thinking about? Yeah, you know, uh, one stat that I that I love and I keep looking back at, and this was actually a stat that was right before the pandemic, is that we're communicating right now in video, right, and, and voice conversation. About sixty percent of these interactions have more than two individuals on a call, right? So, I mean, everything has gone real more to like huddles or conference rooms. So the one-on-one -on -one conversation really is more, uh, is becoming more instant message. Hey, I got a quick question. Again, here's the question and, and you get a response back when that person's available. So I think you're, you're starting to see more of that collaboration just really take over uh, overall. But I think that the, the main key thing that organizations have to look for is they have to make sure that one platform is not going to be one size fits all. I think it's really about making sure that you hear from your business units what works for them. You eliminate or minimize the shadow IT of somebody having that one conference license that nobody really wants or that's what I feel comfortable with, so I'm going to use it even though it's not the corporate policy. So I think it's really understanding what your business units are looking for and then making sure that you can integrate those different platforms together when needed. Right. So the, again, depending on, on, on what they're using out there. But I think that that's going to be key is to get that uh, that information back from the business units. And then I think it's also not just about engagement, but about purpose. So we've done this with our with our training program that when we're now starting to move a customer over into either a Teams or a Cisco environment, et cetera, we work with their IT department to explain the why. And I think that people miss that. So we're, they're going to accounting and saying, hey, we're moving to this platform because this is what it's going to do for you. And then you start to get that buy-in, not just the engagement, but the buy-in that you don't get those people that are basically just putting up that wall saying, I'm going to make this miserable for the IT team because I don't want to switch. So I think if you get the engagement, they're heard. And then I think you get the buy-in and it makes for a big successful uh, transformation. And you need that. I think that's what they have to all prepare for from, from an enterprise. Thing. That's great advice. Erwin, what would you say to any enterprises now looking kind of into the future? Yeah, I, I really want to hit on what Bill just said about flexibility. I think that's really critical that, you know, you can support the different work styles, work needs. And it's not always going to be going into a conference room or firing up a video app. As Bill mentioned, you know, a lot of the conversations that you tend to see in organizations tend to be a little bit more informal. So we're seeing interest in, in things like, you know, can I just quickly activate audio so I can just ask you a question? You know, we don't have to go to a, a full video experience or I just want to talk to you for a minute or two. Um, can I, I provide that those different kinds of, of ways of communicating? And then I think secondly, the one area I think you're going to see a, a big explosion in is how do we take all of the goodness that we brought to enterprise collaboration in terms of video and, and team collaboration and so on and extend that outside company boundaries? We still see that as a struggle for a lot of companies that default to email and you know maybe just a, a, a having a, a, a non-persistent meeting that the meeting happens and then whatever content was in that meeting doesn't get brought into a, say a project space or, or something along those lines. Uh, so making sure that you can address security performance of remote workers has, has been a big issue. Um, you know, uh, we've, we've seen in our research companies that, that think about the home office as part of the enterprise. You know, it's not best effort when you're at home, but I have to take a proactive role in making sure that you have high quality voice and video and, and a high quality experience when you're working at home. Those are ones who tend to be a lot more successful. So I think, uh, you know, that would be my last piece of advice is, is thinking about 
making sure that your IT strategy overall embraces that home employee and doesn't just treat them as, you know what, you're, you're home, I'm not gonna worry about you. Yeah. Hey, there's some great advice there. Thank you so much for that. And, and as, as today's sponsor, William, what's the best way to get in touch with Call Tower uh, for anyone interested in finding out more? Sure, I, th I think the easiest thing is just reach out to our website, go to calltower.com. Uh, from there, you can connect uh, directly to, to one of our consultants, one of our solution architects, and we can really work with whatever environment you have and really just try to provide the best path for you going forward. That's great. Thank you. Well, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for today. However, if you are interested in finding out more about Call Tower or Metrogy, we're going to put some links in the description for you. So click on and have a look. Um, thanks again to William and Erwin. It's been great talking to you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to everyone for watching. If you've got some good takeaways from today's session, do give us a quick like or a share on social and subscribe to our channel for more news and insights. So I'm Rob Scott from UC Today. Thanks for watching.